Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests this year on the Goodyear Hotline, and I'm with you on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker. And delighted that you've chosen to join this new year with me. If you're just joining me here for the moment, again, Happy New Year. Hope you had a little time off. Um, over the last uh, week or so uh, to be with family, and I hope you enjoyed the football yesterday. What a great football day it was. It was an absolutely great day, and I want to start this hour as I began the show with a quick round of applause for the National Football League. And I don't just mean Roger and the people in the office, but I mean every man, woman, and child who contributed to making that happen. They scheduled 256 professional football games to be played between September and the first Sunday in January. Raise your hand if you believed in April they had a fighting chance of doing that, or June, or August, or October. They did it with minimal disruption in the middle of an, of, of a, an unprecedented circumstance. I think it's incredible, and a sacrifice that was made by so many people should not be overlooked in that. So first and foremost, congratulations to them all, and thank you to them. I know I appreciated the, all of the, uh, the, 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 the diversion that that has been to what was otherwise a very difficult year. In the meantime, it allows us to sit here and yell and scream about the comparatively unimportant or at least less important things that make us so upset. And last night in the National Football League, we got a great example of that. Because the 255 games that preceded the last one were much better than that last one. And I blame the Philadelphia Eagles for that top to bottom. And it started long before the disgrace that was lifting Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter so Nate Sudfeld could have his senior day. As Ryan Clark said this morning, I mean, he he wanted to get him some snaps. Yes, I was coaching and we had to win. Uh, Yes, that was my decision solely. Nate has uh, obviously been here for four years, and I felt that uh, he he deserved an opportunity to to get some some snaps. How do you say that with a straight face if you're an NFL coach? How do you do it? He's been here four years. He deserved to get some snaps. As R.C. said, was his parents standing at midfield with a bouquet of roses to congratulate him? This is the NFL, and that was a game that meant everything to multiple teams in the sport. You disgraced the sport. But you know what? It began before that. It began with the quarterback with the $100 million contract pouting his way into a healthy scratch the last game of the season. I hope Carson Wentz saw Matt Stafford out there yesterday with his team 5-10, and 10, nursing a bunch of injuries, including ribs, which everybody knows how much they hurt like hell. And there was Matt Stafford out there fighting to the very end because that's what football players do. Deshaun Watson out there with his team 4-11 and going into yesterday, fighting like crazy to the very end because that's what football players do. I'm not sure what that makes Carson Wentz, but somehow he was a healthy scratch yesterday. And then the Philadelphia Eagles inactives for that game yesterday The players they had listed as inactive for that game yesterday combined to start 80 games this year and take over 4,500 snaps, 10 players. They gave themselves no chance to win before it began. Look at all those teams that were out there yesterday fighting like hell to the end. What's the matter with them? What happened in Philadelphia? How could could anyone be allowing that? So that is an organizational embarrassment for the Eagles, and it goes well beyond Doug Peterson. But he's got to wear a bunch of it because he's the head coach. And if you want to be the head coach, you're going to have to wear a bunch of that. All right, Greeny with you. Let me get Orlovsky in to the conversation here. Dan with me on the Goodyear hotline. Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. How are you, Dan Orlovsky? Greeny, I'm great, brother. How are you, bud? Well, I'm fine. So let's go through a bunch of these different things. And let's start there. And, and, and let's, 
Let's just, I'm just going to give you the floor. I mean, I, you heard what I just said. That was a stat that Hembo sent me about all the different snaps, all the yeah. different players, and then we know about Wentz, and then we saw what happened at the end with Sudfeld and Jalen Hurts. I mean, how do you explain what happened in Philadelphia yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought what happened last night was a mockery. <laughs> you know, like the situation of the game, a three-point game late into the football game in the fourth quarter, and you make that move. And here's the thing, and this is what's really frustrated me over the past couple hours. Yes, we see teams in the NFL in certain situations not give their very best to try to go win the game. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. After playing five games in 25 days, they sit Big Ben and some other starters. They're not giving their best to win that game because they need the rest for the future. Or the Kansas City Chiefs. They did not give their best to win the game yesterday. They sat Patrick Mahomes because they know if he's healthy, they got a great chance to win another Super Bowl. But what we saw last night was the intent to lose. There's a big difference in that. And that's what I've thought about over the past couple hours. There was the intent to lose when that move is made. Why is it different? Because that's the first time, at least in my uh, memory, that I saw a coach willingly tank front offices do it yes we see that coaches and players never do because they're just not wired that way and the difference between a team like the jets or the jaguars doing what they did which was obviously front office wise not try and win it's because they were going to get the number one pick it's different because one you got new coaching staffs when you're going to have the number one pick 99 of 100 times doug peterson is coming back Number two, you, you control what you do in the offseason when it comes to the draft when you have the number one pick. That's why front offices justify it. We, we know we can do whatever we want with that pick. And it's oftentimes to get a franchise-changing player at a quarterback position. When you do it and go, you know, we're going to go from the ninth pick to the sixth pick. Really? Like, I understand. Yeah, you're, that's, like, that's cool. You're probably going to get a choice of a better player, but you're not in complete control. You want to tell me that you're going to get Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith? What happens if they go before you? Then, oh, my goodness. Like last year, the 10th pick was Tedrick Wills. Turned out pretty good. The 11th pick was Makai Becton. Pretty good. You can still get really good players there. And uh, that, like, that's what I've thought over the past couple hours is, like, people comparing it, it's not the same. It's not the same. Everybody thought the, Gi- the Giants and the Cowboys played so hard yesterday because they thought they had a chance, when in in reality they weren't ever going to have a chance because of what Philly did. This is the same team that accepted the tie this year against Cincinnati instead of straining for the win and hoping to lose instead. And so I I don't care what anyone says. I still don't like it. And it's not the same as a front office trying to not win for the number one pick no i mean that part of it i certainly i actually i agree with everything you said except for the tie but let's not sidetrack ourselves with that (laughs) for the moment that's a different fight that we'll have a different day I, i was actually thinking about this the team that gets knocked out as a result of it is the new york giants and the uproar even from their own fan base will be to some degree muted by the fact that they were six and ten but if the giants were sitting there at nine and seven or ten and six and Washington, the, the rest of the circumstances were the same. And Washington was 9-6, and six, and a win puts them in, and a loss puts the Giants in. The, the people would be screaming today. I, I think that the fact 
that the division was so bad winds up muting the reaction to this a little bit because I, I think it would be a, 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 made a bigger deal, which I think it should be. And, Greeny, I'll even add to this. Like, two weeks ago, we watched their all-pro center, Jason Kelsey, passionately say and explain why the only thing that matters is winning. The only thing. And he's like, listen, development, all that, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is winning. And I think it's really hard now to sit there and go, like, to, to see them together. Again, like, does Jason Kelsey want to play there? I would imagine. You, but, like, how do you have that passionate speech two weeks ago and then knowingly in the fourth quarter make, have it obvious that, okay, we're, we're, we're done trying to win this football game. It's, there's just a lot to it that, that doesn't sit right. It was just awful. Frankly, it was an awful way to end a terrific football day and a terrific football season. Dan Orlovsky with me on the Goodyear Hotline. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, let's move on to some other quarterback situations because you know that's what I like talking about with you. And we will save the ones that are still going. To, by way of, in the interest of time, I'm not going to ask you about Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to ask you about Mitch Trubisky. I'm not going to ask you about anyone else who's still playing. Let's talk about the guys whose seasons ended yesterday. Let's start in Miami. How much concern watching that day yesterday and just in general do you have for Tua? How convinced are you that he is the Dolphins quarterback going forward next year and that he will be really good? He's definitely their quarterback going forward next year. And I still believe he's going to be a very good player. You know, you talk about young quarterbacks and look at the difference a guy like Justin Herbert has who had tremendous success this year or Joe Burrow had. What did those guys have that Tua doesn't? Joe Burrow's got some young, skilled talent that's really good. Tyler Boyd's really good. Ask anybody in the NFL. They know that. T. Higgins was fantastic this year. They, Tua doesn't have those guys. Justin Herbert's got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, like really good players around him. Tua doesn't have that. You're talking about a young quarterback that doesn't that didn't have the offseason but doesn't have good skill players. I would say that they're in the bottom third in the NFL when it comes to overall skill players while Gesicki's improving overall. Number two, a bottom third offensive line. We're talking about a bottom third scheme that doesn't fit what he does, nor push the ball downfield. So, like, they've got to improve all that stuff around Tua this offseason. They've got the ability to do it with free agency and draft picks. The only thing that I would say this, Green, that I think Tua needs to be honest about and the Dolphins need to sit down and maybe um, have a conversation with him and watch tape with him is, you know, he was willing to push the ball downfield at, at Alabama. He was aggressive with the football. He wasn't this year. So why? You know, they got to go on the journey of why. Why did he not do that? Was it because of those reasons I just laid out? Or was it a little bit of hesitation from coming from the injury? Was it the style of play that they wanted? I think that they got to go on that conversation with two and figure that out. Then the next one I want to ask you about is the one that, as you know, is near and dear to my heart, and that is Sam Darnold. Do you believe he played his last game as a New York Jet yesterday? And if so, what do you think his future looks like? Yeah, you know, this is one I've kind of gone back and forth on. I do believe that he's done with the Jets. Um, I think that with the number two pick and what a Justin Fields did last week, and if he certainly does it again a week from today in the national title game, I think you can write that in stone. Also, the emergence of a Zach Wilson – because the Jets, you know, like if you look at Sam Darnold, okay, we, we like Justin Fields or we like Jack or Zach Wilson, and we think 
that their future is going to be somewhat similar to Sam Darnold's, well, you take them because it resets your quarterback clock. You've got five years now of financial freedom from the quarterback decision where Sam, you really have one year till a big decision was made. So I think at the end of the day, the Jets will move on from Sam Darnold. I still believe you're going to get a worthy draft pick for him. Um, you know, I felt at the beginning of the year, like, okay, you'll get a first rounder for Sam. I don't know if I feel as convinced about that anymore. I still believe you can get a second rounder for him. Um, and, I, you know, I think that it's a huge moment for him because it's not – he's only going to get one more shot, one more real shot. So he's got to be – and his reps need to be very selective of where he goes. It's got to be the, a fit where he can excel. Every quarterback that has the option to go somewhere this year, it's going to be San Francisco and Indy. Whoever gets to those places, assuming they move on from their quarterbacks, wins. Whoever gets to those two places, wins. And if Sam and his guys can get him to San Francisco – Sam's going to be a very, very, very good player. We'll see. I will root for him. I, I agree with you. I was the last man standing on the they should keep him bandwagon, and even I've jumped off. I think they have broken him, and you are right. It's going to take someone like Kyle Shanahan or Frank Reich or Andy Reid or one of these other quarterback gurus, I mean, these genius quarterback people, to rebuild him. He's still young enough to hopefully have a second act. Danny, happy new year. Great to see you as always. Thank you. We'll talk later in the week. That's Dan Orlovsky with me again. You'll see him on NFL Live this afternoon and every afternoon on ESPN with Marcus and, um, and, and Laura and Mina and the whole group who are there together. So that's where this begins. Right before we came on the air today, another NFL coaching vacancy came up. Uh, with the firing of Anthony Lynn in Los Angeles. So that means there are now six vacancies in the NFL. And we'll see if that winds up being it. That would be a an abnormally low number or a comparatively low number for this cycle. It's a year where I thought there would be more. I still think there will be. There's usually a surprise or two that comes in. We'll see if there's one or two that we didn't necessarily see coming. But we already had Houston. We already had Detroit. We already had Atlanta. And now, as of last night, we get the Jets, the Jaguars, and today, the Chargers. Of those situations, well, let me just go right to it. People have been waiting for me to comment on the Adam Gase thing, and I was waiting for the New York audience to join us. Look, candidly, there isn't a whole lot for me to say. I've been saying it for the two years since he became the coach. Um, I don't wish ill upon him. I don't, I've never met Adam Gase in my entire life, and for all I know, he's a lovely person. So I have nothing against him personally. But you can't do a job any worse than he did his. He came to the New York Jets with two intentions and failed unimaginably at both of them, equally badly. One was to win games, and the other, probably more important, was to develop a young quarterback into a star, the star that I believe he had the potential to be and maybe still does. But the reason we are saying that Sam Darnold needs desperately to get to one of these quarterback gurus is because he spent the last two years playing for Adam Gase. There's no other way to say it. But Adam Gase may have destroyed Sam Darnold. He didn't do it alone because the Jets, when you're as bad as they are and when you're as dysfunctional as they are, there's plenty of blame to go around. And the blame really starts above him. It starts all the way up at the very top of the organization where the people's last names are Johnson. But no one fires them. Uh, if, they were the, the, if they were like the CEOs of publicly traded companies, they'd have been fired with cause a long time ago. But that's not on the list of options. So they're going to continue to run the franchise and they are going to continue to be the reason that I think the Jets are right now the least attractive of all of the coaching vacancies. If you look at the other places that, you're, that you would consider, I think the Jets would be at the very bottom of the list. The top of the list to me 
would include three teams. The third most attractive coaching vacancy, I think, would be Jacksonville. I'm not putting it any higher than that. Jacksonville is attractive for two reasons. There's a ton of cap space, and you're going to be able to draft Trevor Lawrence. Here's what I'll say about Trevor Lawrence. He might be a terrific NFL quarterback, but you don't know that, and neither do I. We've seen lots of prospects come through that have been very highly touted, and it has not worked out. And while I wish Trevor Lawrence nothing but the ultimate of success, what I can tell you is that when I have seen him play in big games against great teams, the one thread of commonality has been he has always been the second best quarterback on the field in every one of those games. Justin Fields was the better quarterback than him in this year's playoff and last year's playoff. Joe Burrow was better than him in last year's playoff. He has been brilliant, brilliant, and everyone loves him. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you he's not going to be great. I hope that he is. The NFL needs more great quarterbacks. And Lord knows, Jacksonville, that's been a, a wasteland of pro football for the most part for the last 20 years. Every good player can't wait to get out of there. Jalen Ramsey couldn't wait to get out of there. Everybody wanted out. Now, maybe that was because of Coughlin. Who the heck knows? Hopefully, it works out well for them. Hopefully, they figure it out. But all that cap space, all that $100 million cap space, you know who had that? Two years ago, the Jets did. Two years ago, the Jets had a ton of cap space. How's they been doing since then? It's one thing to have cap space. It's another thing to spend it on the right people. So to me, that is no better than the third most attractive option. Second would be the Chargers because of Justin Herbert, and they have a bunch of good young players on both sides of the ball, particularly on the defensive side. They were 7-9 and nine last year or this year, the year that just ended yesterday. They won their last four games. And but for a few Keystone Cops kind of coaching moments, they might have been better than that. So I think that becomes a very attractive option. To me, I'd put that number two. I would put number one Houston for sure. And it is simply because of Deshaun Watson. Because that kid is special. As special as you can be. Did you watch him yesterday fighting his behind off to the very end? 4-11 4-11 and 11 after a season in which his coach traded away his best receiver and then got fired and everything that's gone wrong for that team all year long and his next best receiver is suspended and everything else. And he's out there fighting like crazy to the end on a Sunday where Carson Wentz couldn't be bothered to dress despite a $100 million contract. Deshaun Watson went down fighting. That kicked your quarterback my team any, any day of the week. And I tell you what, if you take sort of the old guard out of it, take the Bradys and the Rodgers and guys like that out of it, the only quarterback I would take ahead of Deshaun Watson right now is Patrick Mahomes. And that includes Allen. As great as Allen has been, I would take Deshaun. Deshaun is phenomenal. And if you've got him, you're, you've got a great chance to succeed. So, yes, I know they're in cap misery. And, yes, I know they've traded away their first two picks this coming year. So it may not get good that fast. But if you've got Deshaun Watson, you've got a chance. And if you put the right pieces around him, he is one who will carry you to the promised land. He will put a franchise on his shoulders, which you could count on one hand the quarterbacks who can do that. So I would say Houston is the job that you want because that guy, that guy is that kind of special. So that's where we are in the NFL, waiting to see if there are any other moves today. I'm not sure if anything else is expected. We shall see. I want to let you know that this evening, I'm going to have some fun, and my buddy RJ, Richard Jefferson, is going to join me. 5.30 to 6.30 Eastern Time. We're going to live tweet all four episodes of my gambling show, Better Days, which is streaming exclusively on ESPN+. It's a character-driven reenactment show, brings to life these unforgettable gambling stories. I've told you about it before. The show is not about gambling. It's about gamblers. 
and the crazy things that they do. And we do these dramatic reenactments, and people have really enjoyed the show. And before we get set to start doing another season of it, we wanted to bring you the entire season one. We did four episodes. We're going to stream them together tonight. And I'll let you know if you have any great stories, you want to be a part of this show, you have some crazy gambling stories about big-time wins or heartbreaking losses or just crazy unexpected outcomes, send those to Better Days, and that's B-E-T-T-O-R-O-R, Better Days at ESPN.com, and you might be featured on future episodes of Better Days. And again, we're going to live stream it tonight, and I will be live tweeting it at ESPN Greeny tonight, 5.30 Eastern time. So I hope you'll be along for the ride for that. That will be fun. So we'll talk into Sal Palantonio about the absolute embarrassment that is the Philadelphia Eagles. I cannot wait to hear Sal's reaction and where it goes from here. He's next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Greeny. We're coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 on this first Monday in January. Again, a very happy new year if you're just joining me. I open the show by telling you sincerely that I know I'm a very fortunate person because I know most people don't come back from a vacation and feel happy to be back at work. And I, that's, that's uh, something I hope I never take for granted. And if you ever sense I'm taking it for granted, let me know because then I should let someone else sit in this chair because it's a privilege to do it and it's a privilege that you've chosen to spend some time with me here. Again, a reminder, we're going to change up our time starting tomorrow. I'll be on two hours earlier. We'll do most of the same stuff um, and have a lot of the same fun and we'll be talking about sports every single day. So I'm delighted for that and I'm looking forward to the beginning of what we all know is going to be a great year. I'm not saying it's going to be a better year because 2020 was going to be was so bad. I'm saying 2021 is going to be a great year because we're going to make it that way. Let's do it together. Meanwhile, let's try and get to the bottom of of what happened yesterday. Whenever there's trouble in Philadelphia, I'm always reminded of the words that my friend Steve Phillips once uttered when he said that his media relations man once came to him when he was the GM of the Mets 
and said, do you want the bad news or do you want the worst news? And he said, well, give me the bad news. He said, the bad news is Sal Palantonio is here to cover us. And he said, well, what's the worst news? And he said, he brought luggage. (laughs) The great Sal Palantonio is with me on the Goodyear hotline. Happy New Year, Sal. Michael, Happy New Year. And I was just moved by what you just said. Because you and I are family men. I have uh, three daughters, three granddaughters, another granddaughter on the way. I've been blessed. And, uh, you know, the most important thing is that we make it better. And, you know, it's going to be the roaring 20s because we're going to make it that way. And uh, I, I just implore everybody out there to stay positive, test negative, do whatever you have to do to keep going forward, keep moving forward as, as best as you possibly can and bring your family and friends with you. And if you do that, we're all in it together and it's going to be a great, great 2021. I, I just know it is. I really do in my heart. I, 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 I didn't make that a resolution. I made that as, as a promise to my family and friends. I love it. I, I hear you. I'm with you. Um, and I love that you said that. So, and the best part of it is that it gives us the freedom to just sit here and yell and scream about the nonsense that we do every single day and act like it's the most yes. important thing in the world, which is there's nothing better than investing absolutely everything into stuff that means nothing. So with that said, I've spent an hour and a half yelling and screaming about what your beloved Philadelphia Eagles did last night. So I'm just going to give you the floor. How would you explain all the things that happened in Philly yesterday, starting with all the players who were inactive including Wentz is a healthy scratch, and then the way they make the quarterback change in the end. How do you describe it all? Well, a picture uh, tells a, th- uh, a thousand words, right? It's worth a thousand words. So I want you to, and a lot of people watched that game last night. A lot of people listening to this great radio program watched the game. And we all saw the one indelible image, the look on the face of Jalen Hurts, eyes wide open, when he was on the sideline watching Nate Sudfeld at the end of that game in mop-up duty. So let's play a little multiple choice, you and I, Michael. Mm -hmm. How would you describe the look on the face of Jalen Hurts? Was it puzzled? (laughs) B, was it incredulous? (laughs) C, was it, if it's going to be like this, I want out? (laughs) Or D, WWNSD, what would Nick Saban do? (laughs) So I, I, I had a difficult time answering the question, A, B, C, or D. So I went all of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was just blown away by what happened last night. Put me in the Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth category. Uh, as Seth Joyner, who is the conscience of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise as a retired player, said, quote, I'm embarrassed to be associated with the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. And I think a lot of people in town, and I've been listening to sports talk radio, friends and family have been monitoring Twitter because you know I'm not on Twitter. And thank God this morning I'm not. Hmm. But the people people are reacting with justifiable outrage in Philadelphia by what happened last night. It's just not in the DNA. One of the most beloved people ever to walk through the halls of Bristol, Connecticut, is Herm Edwards. And he said very famously, hello, you play to win the game. 
It's exactly right. And and um, he, he said that's the great thing about sports. And so that's exactly what they didn't do yesterday. And I'm glad to hear you confirm it because that's certainly what it looked like to me. And I wanted to make sure that you saw it the same way. I'm being told to ask you about Harry Roseman's comments this morning. I didn't see them. What did he say and what makes them important? Well, what makes them important? You know, I've been in the news business for a long time. So have you. You're always looking for the change in the status quo. Mm -hmm. That's the headline. That's the essence of the nut graph of any story. And repeatedly by my colleagues in Philadelphia, I wasn't on the Zoom call. Howie Roseman was given an opportunity to basically say he was not trading, was not going to trade Carson Wentz. And he didn't do it. He did not do it. He did not rule it out. Ask the question. You got to answer it. The only way you got to answer it is this. I'm not trading my $130 million quarterback. I'm just not doing it. He never said those words, Mike. Mm. So, so let's figure out what that means, because we had Chris Mortensen's reporting yesterday that the relationship between Wentz and the head coach, Doug Peterson, is so bad that I, I believe he used the word unsalvageable, whatever it was. So if, if that is the case, then what does this offseason look like? What, if you were to look in the South Palantonio crystal ball, what's going to happen here in Philadelphia? How does, it get, how does it get fixed from where it is right now? Well, the dominoes that have to fall into place are this. Let's start with a very concrete example. I'm not going to play speculative what-ifs with you, Mm -hmm. but let's give everybody a concrete example that you can basically delve into. Colts lose Phillip Rivers to retirement. Frank Reich is there. Frank Reich picks up the phone and says, I want to trade for Carson Wentz. And they do a deal that's amenable to everybody. And Carson Wentz goes, hey, Michael, everybody needs a change of venue. Not everybody can be at ESPN their entire career like me and you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody needs at some point to get a fresh start. And Carson Wentz, in my view, needs that right now. I agree with Mort's reporting that it has been a very tension-filled season between the coach and the quarterback and the organization and everybody involved. How could it not be? How could it not be? The franchise quarterback was benched for a first of her second round pick, a rookie who last night didn't play that well, Mike. Hello. He did not play that well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, he could be. And if Carson Wentz gets in front of the microphone and says, yeah, I'm happy to be the uh, backup quarterback. I'll take my money and throw it in the bank. People would be ashamed of that comment, and certainly everybody around him would be, wouldn't they? He would want to go. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if they can work out a trade, they should try trading him. And there's no question, I just have a second here, but no question in your mind Doug Peterson is back? There's no question in my mind Doug Peterson is back, or he wouldn't have been at that press conference today. Fair enough. Okay. Sal, again, a very happy new year to you and your family. And, and we will, you know, we will talk. I'm moving up a couple hours, which just means more space for you. And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Sal. Have a great day. Okay, Michael. The great Sal Palantonia with me on the Goodyear Hotline. That's a really interesting thing. You know, there are so many different issues with last night that we need to get into. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. You know, for all the things that have been said about the meaning of last night and how it impacted the Giants and how it affected the psyche in the locker room in Philadelphia, the most important thing 
in my opinion, about last night has not yet been said. And I will say it next, right here. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, back and better than ever. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio on a day that is both the beginning of something and the end of something. It is the beginning of a new year of wonderful shows, and tomorrow it will be the beginning of my new time slot, and so I guess that means today is the end of that. We came back for all of one day uh, for this year, and then tomorrow we move it up two hours. So starting tomorrow, hopefully you already know, I'll be on live from 10 a.m. till noon Eastern time, all these same places, ESPN Radio and on streaming on ESPN Plus and everything else. And we'll be having all the same fun that we've been having and talk about sports and have this opportunity. So I hope that you will come with me as we make our move. I'm very much looking forward to it. Having said that, I will finish today with this thought, that I think one of the things that should not be overlooked in the outrage over last night is not the impact that it had on the, as as it turns out in this case, the Giants or any one individual team that wound up being screwed by this, which the Giants were 100%. But even if you aren't a fan of the Giants, I'm from New York. I'm not a fan of the Giants. I, if I were a fan, if I were a hardcore fan of the Giants, actually, Dave Rothenberg asked me this question this morning. If this exact circumstance had happened to the Jets, I, I, who knows what I would have done. You would have heard me screaming from my house yesterday. That's how outraged, how irate I would have been. So, yes, if you're a fan of the Giants, then maybe this is a little more personal. But this should be outrageous to you beyond that. And I'll tell you why. Because this is a violation of what makes football great. What makes football great is that the players treat it like it matters. And that's something that we must not lose because it has been the source of great frustration in some of the other sports. You know, I had this whole thing I was ready to do today, not knowing that last night was going to happen. I wrote up this whole note. Nuno's here with me today. He can tell you because I sent it to him. I want to do this whole thing about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, who's been playing forever, who's got hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, who's been beaten to shreds playing for a terrible franchise his entire career, finishing up a season in which he began the day yesterday at 5-10 and with three different injuries that should have had him out for the day. The last game of the season, he had a rib and he had a finger and I think it was a back, whatever it was. He's got three bad injuries. 
And at the end of a bad year, another bad year on another bad team with absolutely nothing to play for, he went out there and played. He played the whole game because football players play. They don't load manage. People love to talk right now about what's going on in the NBA, all these problems that are happening in the NBA. They can all be summed up in one very simple phrase. The players have lost track of how important the games are. It's that simple. Resting. Load management. Don't, make, don't ask me to care about the game if you're telling me you don't. Baseball. Baseball, at the end of a season, they shut the pitchers down. They shut the starting pitchers down at the end of a year if the, if the season is hopelessly lost. Because the games don't matter? Then they shouldn't matter to me. Why are you asking me as a fan to care if you don't care? You're telling me it's not important enough to you. So why in the world should I think it's important to me? That's a terrible message to send. Terrible. Football players don't do that. Football players fight to be on the field. Look at the kids in college, just to sort of change the subject here. They were all going to get to keep their scholarships, and they weren't going to have to play this year. And they fought to play. They were marching to play. Because football players play. That's what they do. Football players desperately want to play. Matt Stafford... I don't care if he's the greatest player ever, which he isn't, or the worst player ever, which he isn't, or what he is, which is somewhere in the middle, like almost everybody else. Matt Stafford earned, should have earned everyone's respect yesterday because the news I woke up to was Adam Schefter's tweet. Matthew Stafford, with this injury, this injury, and this injury, listed as questionable, is expected to play today. And then he did. And he went out there and he played a great game, played the whole damn game. And he stayed out there and he fought right to the end because that's what football players do. So how Carson Wentz with his $100 million contract and his hurt feelings because he's been benched in a season in which he played terribly, and if he didn't have that contract, he probably would have gotten cut. How he's a healthy scratch yesterday is a disgrace. A disgrace. And then to compound it, what the coach did, what the organization did, sitting all these guys that are healthy, all these healthy scratches. It's not the Steelers or the Chiefs who were sitting there waiting to try and win a Super Bowl. What are they staying out of harm's way for? The Eagles were the only team in the NFL who handled that yesterday the way they did. And it's disgraceful. And their fans should be disgusted. And all football fans should be disgusted with the way they handled that. And Carson Wentz, no NFL player had a worse season. How many players are there in the NFL? Some thousand something. However many of them there are. Line them all up from one to the very end. Who had the very best one you could, you know, whoever you want to put in there. Aaron Rodgers had the very best one. Josh Allen had the very best, whatever it is, whoever you want to say had the very best season. And then go all the way to the end. The guy who had the worst season was Carson Wentz. Because not only did he play terribly, but I think he lost everybody's respect. How could anybody look at that situation yesterday? How does a man with a $100 million contract say, if you're not going to play me the way I believe I should be played and I want to be played because my feelings are hurt, I'm going to be a healthy scratch the last game of the season? That's disgraceful. I have no idea how that was allowed to be. I don't know who's advising him that that's a good idea. Stand on the freaking sideline in a uniform and and wait it out. Because yesterday, I think, will hurt his reputation enormously and deservedly so. And then what the coach did yesterday, I have no, I, I don't know how else to sum it up. It was an embarrassment and a disgrace to the sport. And again, a disgrace to the most fundamentally important part of the sport. Because if you break it all down to its very core, before you get to fantasy football, before you get to gambling, before you get to anything else, 
The reason people have fallen in love with this sport it is because it matters. Because every game feels like an event. Because we, we live for this stuff. And part of the reason is because the players do too. And they never stop acting like it. So that would be my overwhelming warning to those guys in Philadelphia yesterday. Stop acting like it doesn't matter to you because it matters to us. I'll see you tomorrow morning, two hours earlier, right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.